Hello and welcome to another episode of a German and an Aussie review a movie. Now because Halloween is upon us, we'll be reviewing a horror movie and the horror movie is Talk To Me, an Australian production, so that's a bit exciting, and also quite a popular sort of breakthrough indie success movie. You really missed a chance to say, Gregor, talk to me. <laughs> Do you want me to say that or is that a joke? You can also say it. It was more a joke, but uh, I think we should all you it. want. Now, Gregor, I'll be curious to know what you thought of this Australian brand of horror. So what were your initial thoughts? I was surprised how Australian it was, to be honest. <laughs> uh, that starts with the language. I was texting you during the movie and uh, you already had seen it at that point and you were like, yeah, even I had uh, trouble sometimes understanding the actors. Yeah, it was a nice surprise. I got a bit nostalgic. It felt to me quite authentic Aussie. And, and Jared, you are a young adult teenager living in the suburbs of Australia. <laughs> was it authentic <laughs> for you? I thought some of the accents were a little like the actors obviously don't speak like that and they're putting on some pretty broad Australian accents. And in parts, I was like, what are they saying? Like, what? It's really interesting to watch a movie, particularly a horror movie, that is Australian because it's so rare. I watch tons of American and British TV because of, you know, you know, basically streaming channels. So it was actually odd for me to hear Australian accents and see people reacting in very Australian ways and the familiarity of the characters and their environment and just the way it looked, too. And it's not it's not like Australia, um, you are on the beach or you are in the middle of Sydney. For me, what was also interesting was it really felt like Australia in a suburb, which is something, yeah, outside of watching a TV show in Australia, I felt like I've never seen on the on the big screen. I also thought the casting helped with that because normally in a lot of horror movies, particularly American ones, they're always, you know, like Jennifer Love Hewitt and all these glossy looking American teenagers. There was no glossy looking people in this film. They all looked really normal. Did you find that really quite odd? Even the main character, you could tell there's a one particular girl and she's a bit modelly. You can see it and they've kind of dressed her down a bit. But overall, everybody just looked really ordinary. Yeah, I had the same feeling. The filmmakers are two brothers called yeah, Danny and Michael Philippou. So like Philippousis, I guess, the tennis player, the Aussie tennis player. And... Um, they were YouTubers, yeah. I didn't know them before, but you had really had the feeling that they were casting a little bit like friends or uh, amateur actors they had worked with before. I'm not even sure that's true, but for me, that was the feeling I got. So that really felt like you were hanging with a believable group of teenager friends, which uh, really added to the authenticity of the movie for me. And also, it had another thing that they never have in a lot of American productions, particularly. The interiors were really ordinary. Like, you know, in American ones, everyone has an architectural home with several lamps and no overhead lighting. Um, Remember uh, when we watched Smile uh, last, the whole concept reminded me a little bit of that movie. And uh, yeah, you pointed it out like uh, they were living like Arthur uh, Architecture's Digest uh, home. Yes, there certainly wasn't too much of that going on here. And also, it was basically a very working class film. Everybody, except maybe the main girl's family. It had a very working class vibe to it, which I felt worked. Yeah, should we maybe give a quick synopsis of uh, what's the movie about? Okay. It's uh, actually quite a straightforward and simple uh, premise, which is nice. It reminds a little bit of the old uh, tales where you get cured by a... Uh, gypsy or you <laughs> or you buy something 
at the market and it has a curse in it like the the famous simpson episode uh, with the hand so what basically happens in the movie is they have like kind of an obscure plastic hand uh, the kids know that you can do like a procedure with it so you kind of like summon a ghost by uh, saying talk to me to the hand and then like dark spirits kind of appear and move into the person's body only the person themselves can see it so it's played a little bit like a like a scare YouTube, um, like a YouTube dare, where there's a group of kids sitting around, like one kid with the hand, and then the kid, if it has the balls, or if she has the balls, she, <laughs> she then uh, talks to the hand and lets the spirit enter her. But since no one can really see it, it's not really clear if it's like imagined or or real from the outside, I guess. But I feel like this would go way more viral in, in real life if this happened. But anyway, they do it in this movie and then things, uh, of course, escalate. I mean, it is a horror movie after all, and uh, and the spirits take more or less over with some of the hosts. So, um, yeah, gruesome things start happening. I feel like, Jared, if they if they uh, this uh, procedure in real life, there was a little bit of critique I had with the movie that uh, wouldn't this go way more viral? Because even though you can't see the the spirits, the people when they are possessed, they go like full uh, crazy, like their eyes turn back, like their face uh, turns gruesome. They uh, do weird acrobatics on the floor. <laughs> that was a bit. Uh, extreme for a YouTube prank. Yes, and everyone was recording it. So I was a little bit surprised it yeah. didn't get out too. And some of the parents didn't go, what's going on? Because there's yeah, right. some, particularly, some particularly violent scenes. I wouldn't say it's a horror movie as such. I think it's more a thriller, a more drama. But I still really liked it. And oh, actually, there is some horror in the end. Um, but, but I, I agree. I, I, ex I expected more horror. I expected more like the other movie Smile we saw last year, like this teenage young adult horror sensation. This kind of seemed to me to be talked to me this year. So like this festival horror movie where like then the young adults go in the cinema and are like there to watch the movie. But for that, I was a little bit yeah surprised, not necessarily let down, but surprised that there wasn't so much like scary um, stuff going on. It was probably more a cautionary tale of what can happen if you call to the dark side. It didn't have a particular monster like they often do. Like it didn't have like a Jeepers Creepers monster or a summoning of a genie. Yeah. Or, it was just a general sense of something evil on the other side had been let out. And it, was, it wasn't given a specific name. It didn't do the same thing to everybody. Didn't attack everyone in the same way. It was just the dark side coming prevalent into your life and building on your problems or your paranoias or your life situation, which I thought was good. I liked that. So it didn't become all about Bloody Mary or yeah, it wasn't like a Candyman or something like that. It's just general evil, which I liked. I like that. So, I feel yeah. like at some point, I I think they were really struggling to uh, give the evil guys uh, weapons in this whole slasher era in the eighties, nineties. <laughs> yeah, they were sort of getting quite creative about you know what people could use. <laughs> um, yeah, I've recently seen uh, uh, for the first time I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street. That was really uh, creative. 
way to give like Freddy Krueger this glove with the knives kind of uh, enacted in it. And it was... I saw it when it first came out. I saw it in the cinema. And I liked how they couldn't fall asleep. You know, yeah. everyone has to sleep. Like, I thought that was a really good gimmick. Yeah. They were trying to keep each other awake all the time. And of course, they couldn't do it. Like, I thought that was a really great little idea. And it still holds up Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, it's all, it's pretty dated now, but it does hold up. It's crazy to see Johnny Depp in his first role. Holy shit, he's so young and innocent. But he is a fucking idiot in the movie because he just falls asleep at every opportunity he gets. <laughs> Look, I know age comes for us all, but it's quite a contrast to the Johnny Depp you see now. But we're all going on that path, so I'm not going to be too critical of it. Like, I thought the weakest actor in it was the mother, who's the most experienced. Where where do I know the mother from? That's Miranda Otto, and she's an Australian actress, and she's been in... Uh, I think Lord of the Rings. She's been in loads of things. She was in the Lipstick Jungle. There was a time in the 90s. I've actually spoken to her a couple of times. Of course, um, another celebrity story, finally. Yeah, but not a really very good one. I just worked in a shop and she used to come in and buy paint. But this was in the 90s and she was um, just starting out her career. And she really was poised to be something quite big, but it never quite kicked off. Like she still does all right. I, I know her from Lord of the Rings and that's like 20 years ago. Yeah, now I remember. Yeah. Yeah, she she was um she really she's really tall too when you speak to her. It's a little bit odd. I thought she was the least effective actor out of all of them because the other kids, basically all the friend group, they are all really believable and they're not overly intellectual. They're kind of like a dumb bunch of teenagers, pretty much all the time. Whereas I felt the mother was sort of pretending to be a no frills working class Aussie mum. I thought Miranda couldn't quite pull that off, and I thought. She had a very theatrical way of acting, whereas the other guys were all acting really, why, what are we going to do? No, man, fuck off. Get me alone. God, get. Why, let's do it again. You know, like they just had a very naturalistic style, whereas she had a more theatrical style. And I thought it, I thought her, she detracted a little bit from the movie. I totally agree. Uh, now that you say it, I couldn't really pin it down what it was, but I think it's exactly that, that she, she's too professional to experience for the movie and she didn't really feel like she would be the mom of any of these um oh, no, not at all. people in the movie yeah there's another main female character and she literally plays a you know a really suburban girl who's on a phone the whole time and doesn't want to talk like, <laughs> and i thought that was really well done because that's quite common yeah. you know what i mean and i just thought well at least yeah. it was quite realistic the whole thing the main prop in this gregor hasn't mentioned it is a hand like literally a, a sculpture of a hand and inside it is apparently some sort of dead person's actual hand and it's surrounded by porcelain or ceramic and you actually have to put your hand in it in a shaking position and then say talk to me and then all the, it sort of taps into the dark side um i thought i tried happened. to explain that but uh, you're doing it better now so we'll just take that take <laughs> <laughs> but i also thought the hand itself looked a bit like something you'd find at bunnings <laughs> I didn't think it was particularly. It didn't look particularly evil or anything, but maybe that's the point. Maybe that is the point uh, because I was I was trying to think: Would I have done the dare? Yeah, yeah be- you would. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and maybe maybe as a fucking stupid, slightly drunk teenager, I, I probably would have too. And and maybe it helps that the hand looks a bit fake, and it's not like you go near the hand and you're like. Ooh, music it's starts like, popping it's like, up. It's like it's just like a a ceramic hand, you know, like it's not all veiny or you know claw like. Yeah. It's just like it looks like a hand in white porcelain that's a bit worn out. Um, 
Speaking of these things, Greg, or did you ever, you know, when you were a young fella, did you ever do any seancey stuff or any of that stuff? I think you are more prone to that than I am. Um, to be honest, I, I don't really have a spectacular story with that, but I am also this very rational German guy who's like, no, ghosts don't exist, da da da. But I also know that, of course, if you take part in a thing like that, your mind plays tricks on you. So I think in a way, I, I, maybe I, I always had too much respect for that also to, to question my own beliefs or to be tricked by my own mind. So I just stayed out of it. <laughs> How about you? When I was at school, we used to go to this thing called Christian Youth Group <laughs> because like, we just had nowhere else to go because we lived in a small country town. And I remember we had like a seance thing once and a candle went out. So, of course, everyone was hysterical. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, who knows why it went out? But I can remember it went out and everyone was like, ah, you know, like, but we certainly didn't have any demons smashing our heads into walls and things like that. Like it was all that was we all just went home and that was the end of that. I also think my cynicism about, say, ghosts and visitations and all that sort of stuff has really increased since we've since mobile phones came into use, because like surely mm. by now somebody would have a photo <laughs> like all these, you know, UFOs and big yeah. urban legends and ghosts, you know, elves yeah. and all this sort of stuff. Somebody would have a photo. Yeah. But that is a good point. I, I think these urban legends were, were probably in, in that way more fun in the 90s and that. So so in that way, I thought it was almost, though I thought in that way, it was a refreshing flashback to kind of this urban legend stories oh. from, from earlier times. Um, was And it was cleverly brought into, into the modern uh, times. Although, like you say, with all the smartphones filming and everything, it would be probably a bigger thing. But that was a good thing that they didn't, say, try and get around that by setting it in the 90s. You know how lately they go, oh, we'll have a horror movie. And because, you know, we can't have everyone lost in a haunted house because they'd all have their phones communicating with each other, we'll set it in the 90s. That's a, that's a really good point, actually. That is that is a good there. And I mean, and the, phones, the guys... Yeah, and the phones weren't the main thing. Like, often they go, well, if we're going to have, you know, phones and social media and connectivity, it's got to be the main part of the story. You know, yeah. like... The, the go, you know, the monster travels via phone or something like that. But it, it was just people doing what people do. Like someone freaks out and starts jumping all over the place. Everyone whips out their phones. You know what I mean? Like it was, yeah. I thought yeah. that was No, cool. it, it, it's what people do now. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Sadly, in some ways, but uh, it's realistic. Did, did you did you get any feeling of where exactly in Australia it was filmed? I didn't check it, actually. Okay. For me, like it, I don't know where it was actually filmed, but I think where it was set was an outer suburb of a large city not near the water so somewhere like camden in sydney or um mm. Campbelltown around there you know like just um it's actually near near adelaide apparently adelaide. so we should have invited yeah, sammy we, to our that that's probably exactly where it would be yeah that's and, very southern right very try very southern, so there's no, it didn't have a coastal look at it because I know what coastal teenagers look like because I live at the coast. It didn't have like a strong urban, like no one was hot and cool and buffed up and, you know, all fashion conscious. Everyone just looked normal. Not too many sexy Bondi Beach Brazilians like in our no, area. No, there certainly wasn't too many of those or yummy mummies or any of that stuff. 
Can we have a quick uh, spoiler section? I want to talk yeah. about the ending. Okay, so, we're starting spoilers now, everybody. So all you people that want to remain spoiler-free, tune in after you've seen the show. Yes, and it's a recommendation, definitely. So was the girl's mom evil? Or I, I, I what I didn't fully get is um, why did the ghost that was inhibiting the girl make so terrible things or some ghost just evil? Was it was it her dead mom that was uh, leading her to do these uh, terrible things? I, I was a bit confused by that. What I thought it was, was a spirit was pretending to be the dead mom in order mm. to get that girl killed so she would come over to the other side. That's how I read it. Yeah, okay, yeah. And then that's why she basically also tries to, to kill the, the young boy, uh, the, so the spirit wants to take him over to the other side as well. I just felt it was her whole thing was trying to communicate with her mother, but she was actually communicating with an evil spirit. You know, that was the horror of it. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. why she kept going back trying to communicate with her. And yeah. it was, which I did like too, because often in these films too, where they have a family, often the father will be made out to be some murderous wife beater, murderer. And it implied that, but he wasn't, you yeah. know, like, which I quite liked because you were almost thinking, oh, they're setting it up for the father to be like a, a wife beater and and the evil spirit had sort of, there was an implication that, that she had been murdered by the father. Yeah, no, that's a good, uh, that that's a, that's a good summary. I like that. It goes a little bit into that thing with recent horror movies, well, where the horror movies try to not explain a lot and kind of make the viewer have their own um, interpretation, their own uh, view. And yeah, sometimes it, it bothers me a bit, uh, but in this case, I, I thought you you got a very good uh, interpretation explanation. That is uh, sufficient for me. Yeah, I, th I thought that was a good way that she was you, the evil spirit was manipulating her to do evil things and to eventually get killed and to go to the other side. And it has a pretty dark yeah. thing too. They're kind of setting it up for a sequel or a prequel, but it's been so successful and they're so new to it that there'll be another one because they'll just want to make money. Like, and I understand that. Probably, but let's see. Like sometimes it's, uh, I think these young creative filmmakers, they then also, uh, I think this whole sequel thing feels like it's a little bit tried out at the moment. So I think often they just rather now it feels like take another idea and maybe make a, a bit similar movie, but still like another, another vision. Like for example, the guy who did Hereditary, Ari Aster's. This movie reminded me quite a bit of Hereditary, by the way, because it mixed this drama with horror. And sometimes you're not quite sure, like you say, are you watching here more like a family drama or more a horror movie? I feel like Hereditary is still on another level. I, I, it's for me, it's like a horror masterpiece. But uh, it, this movie does this quite cleverly as well. And Ari Astas went on after Hereditary to do Midsommar. So yeah, it's a very similar kind of movie, but also very different. <laughs> I tend to think because they're Aussie, they were YouTubers. I don't know if they were super successful YouTubers. I would never clue. But I do think they'll eventually just throw money at them and go, yeah, make another one and they'll do it, you know, like, or a prequel. I think because they don't actually explain where the hand comes from. It's just there. Yeah. Maybe in the prequel, you can play like the dad of one of the kids, uh, a more authentic Aussie suburban dad. I should play be playing one of the kids, thank you very much. Hey, how did the HSC go? Fuck, mate, did you see that? <laughs> I would buy it, yeah. I have something you confess. I went to a short film festival last week, and while the short film festival was on, I was thinking, what would I do for this sort of thing? And I've actually come up with a short horror film, and I'm actually thinking of recording it myself 
in my house. I've worked out what I could do it and, you know, I can edit and do the sound and I can do it all, but I don't know if it'll come off, but it's in my head. I'll talk about it to you when we're not on air because obviously it's a big secret. And who knows, I might be the next horror sensation to come out of Australia. That sounds amazing. I, I can't wait for it. Uh, it would have probably even been a scarier horror film if you would still have lived with your former flatmate. <laughs> but um, maybe you can find a similar a terrifying story. Well, it would have been better if I was still living with you guys because then you could actually help me film it because it's going to be a little bit... I'll have to use tripods and things like that. Now, what Jana rating would you give this? I'd give it a solid four and a half. I really liked it. Wow. I would give it a three and a half. I also quite liked it, but um, I feel like, for example, a Hereditary is an even better version of that kind of movie. But I'm excited to do what the uh, to see what the guys are doing, and it's definitely a recommendation from my side. Anyway, thanks everybody for tuning in. We've certainly we've got to keep this one a bit short and sharp because Gregor's got a bit of a voice problem after a heavy whiskey drinking night last night, apparently. And I'm on a holiday, so we want to minimise our editing for this one. We'll probably look at doing another horror film. We've got a couple in mind. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Have a nice Halloween. Ooh, bye-bye. Ah! <laughs> the neighbours will think I've gone crazy now.